What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome to another jam-packed episode of the Sports Card Nation podcast. The show that brings you all the important news from the sports card hobby. We'll have some debates, opinions, new release schedules, and info. Plus, we'll also discuss the sports that so directly affect the hobby we all love. We'll mix in an occasional gambling tip or two, throw in some life stuff, and bring you great guest interviews from the hobby and sports dignitaries. And if you're good listeners, we may even give away a few things now and then. Now, here's the guy who wanted the cards and not the gum, John Newman. Hello, Newman. Hello, Newman. Hello, Sports Card Nation listeners. Episode 32, coming at you. Great guest on the program today, Jeff Hofer. You may know him from the Pat Geek YouTube uh, show where he opens uh, wax. We'll have some guests with him opening wax as well. He joins us today. We have a lengthy conversation about cards from the 80s, uh, keying in on the 1984 and 85 years and some of the key rookies out of, out of that. Uh, we talk about his show and, and what he does on it and why I'm a big fan and, and you should be too or maybe you already are. We'll talk a little bit of Gary V. We'll talk a little bit about the youth of the hobby and, and some things we both have noticed and maybe what we'd like to see uh, a little bit more of from, from that segment of the hobby. So we'll, we'll talk a lot of hobby stuff. Jeff uh, is someone, as I always say, has a, their finger on the pulse of the hobby. He makes the rounds uh, and uh, he's, he interviews himself 
uh, with a lot of, you know, hobby dignitary. So I was ecstatic when he agreed to come on, and, and we had a great conversation, you know, the equivalent of just two guys talking about the hobby, and, uh, you know, it was fun, and uh, we both agreed we, we need to do it again. So uh, look for Jeff also on a future episode, but was glad to have him on uh, today. For those of us maybe joining us for the first time here in episode 32, number one, welcome. Whether you've listened to all 32 shows or you're jumping in this week, uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, I'll always say that. Uh, You can always backtrack and and we'd never turn anyone away. The show is absolutely free. It comes out every Friday like clockwork and we try to have a guest on Every week, we've been on a good uh, run lately. We've got some more great guests coming in in future weeks as well. Proud to say we are on 10 platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. We have been listened to in over 17 countries. We do giveaways uh, quite frequently. We never ask for funds. This show is absolutely free each and every week. Whether you're listening to us for the first time or been with us from the beginning, we're glad you're with us. We're glad you're listening. We thank you for your time. There's a lot of other things you could be doing. Uh, You know, we don't take you for granted. And I, I try to take a moment out of every show, every week, to to say thank you. So thank you for being uh, with us. Thank you for making us what we've become, which is, again, simply simply amazing from November and now here in June in seven months short time. The growth has been just absolutely amazing. I'm very thankful. I'm very humble. Um, I'm glad you have allowed me to do this. I enjoy it, and I I look forward to being able to keep doing it uh, each and every week. So, and here we go. We love our listeners. Without you, there is no us. We care about your opinions and feedback and invite you to reach out to us on any of our social media accounts. On Instagram, at Sports Card Nation Podcast. Twitter at sportscard NATI1 or email the show at sportscardnationpc at gmail.com. We don't ask for much, but if you really like the show, give us a shout out. Tell your friends or give us a follow on our social medias. If you enjoy the show, please give us a positive review on iTunes or any of the platforms you are listening on. Thank you. Deep fried brakes. Active brakes all the time. Gearing up for a huge month of June with great new releases. As friendly and knowledgeable about the product as there is in the business. Super fast shipping too. Go check them out and tell them that I sent you and Blake will be glad to give you a promo code off your first brake. Check out deep fried brakes. Deepfriedbrakes.com It's time for What's Crackin'. 
cover the hobby news. Stadium Club is out. Upper Deck Goodwin Champions is out. As usual, I haven't opened any as of yet, but the Stadium Club is some of Topps' finest photography uh, with the high-gloss cards, and, and I'm a big Stadium Club fan. I think it's while it's not the flagship per se, it's been a staple of of the Topps line for, for obviously many years, uh, going way back to the 90s, uh, and uh, I don't think it gets enough credit sometimes. Like I said, the photography is great. Some of the shots are unlike what you see on other cards. I don't have particular good luck when I do open stadium clubs, so I wind up buying uh, some cards I want rather than getting to pull them, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I've always been a, a stadium club uh, from the original. I'm a, an original OG stadium club uh, guy. I, I remember those first days. If, if, if you're old enough, you remember those. I don't know if you remember, too, they used to do it um the super teams so you know they put super teams cards like in basketball if you got the la clippers and baseball you get the astros or whatnot back in the day and if that team won the championship that year you redeemed that card and you got a special embossed logo set uh from that year which is which is really cool i'd like to see them really kind of do that again in 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 mainstream products um uh, you know it was was cool it also created kind of a secondary market because if you thought that year like the lakers were going to win the nba championship that lakers super team card uh brought a premium and everyone was trying to get it so i'd love to see tops and stadium club do something like that again or or really any kind of company uh, I just thought it kind of was a different sort of chase uh, card that uh, we don't see as much or, or, or anything like that nowadays. So, um, you know, if you remember that, uh, give us some feedback, the, the super team cards uh, from the stadium club days. Let's talk about a couple products uh, on Horizon in, in baseball uh, coming out, I believe, in 9 or 10 days, uh, 2019 Bowman Platinum. Now, I used to be, full full disclosure, I used to be a, a, a big Bowman Platinum fan. But as each year goes on, I, I seem to be kind of more and more off that train. I think it's it's kind of an unnecessary brand. I mean, we could say that probably about, you know, 30% of releases, if not more. Um, but I just think it's, you know, there's enough Bowman uh, titled brands and, and Platinum just seems to be kind of you know uh, i don't want to say useless but a, a product we could almost live without you know it, yeah it's, it's kind of shiny but the stock's thin and you know when you think platinum you think kind of high end and it really doesn't kind of live up to the wording so I'm, I'm getting a little bit off the the platinum bus uh if you will and a product that in 2017 was one of the worst products I've ever seen, uh, which was Panini Chronicles. And then in 2018, it was one of the best unlicensed products, in my opinion, that I've seen with, with 2018 Panini Chronicles. And, and 2019 will be out August 21st. 
Uh, eight cards per pack, six packs per box, 16 boxes per case. Each box will contain three autos, one mem, and two spectra parallels. And where I'm jumping off the Bowman Platinum bus, I'm jumping on to the Panini Chronicles uh, bus. It's, it's an affordable product, and I really like the way the cards look. I like how they mesh, you know, 18, 20 different type of brands in there all in one product and it, it, it's really a fun product to rip one of the most fun products to rip in, in my estimation per uh per dollar you know per pound for pound it, it's really a fun rip it's not crazy expensive and you know it's it's to me one of the the most underrated products uh, you know like i said the 18 was a a far cry from the garbage and there's no other word for it but the garbage of 2017 panini chronicles i once bought a box uh, of 2017 not even knowing much about it. i just saw a new baseball brand from panini i'll check it out and it was absolutely brutal hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. You know, I, I almost wanted to put it back in the packs and bring it back uh, to Walmart. It was a blaster and, and say, uh, you know, I made a huge mistake. Even though it was like 16 bucks, I really felt like I wanted my $16 back. But they came back on, on 2018, got it right. In 2019, looks like it's going to be on par if not better. So Panini Chronicles, uh, you know, we're going to do our, our yearly award show towards the end of the year, and without even it being out yet, I think it's going to be probably uh, on our award show, maybe candidate for low-end baseball product uh, of the year. It should be in the mix. So uh, that's my take on, on those things. And, you know, the Bowman Platinum, I know, you know, I do open some. I'll probably open some 19 you know, it's a Walmart exclusive brand, meaning, you, you know, obviously you can only get it through Walmart. I, I think that helps a little bit, um, but I think the product is starting to kind of uh, run its course, if you will. So, like I said, I'll grab some, I'll open a few, um, but I'm not going to probably open as much as I traditionally used to do. So, I want to talk about a, a trip I took last week. Um, you know, a few weeks back, if you heard the show, you heard me interview, you know, John Chestakovsky, the Vice President of Education and Communication from the Baseball Hall of Fame. And we highlighted and talked about the Shoebox Heroes exhibit, the new exhibit, $800,000 to set up at, at the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
uh, all pertaining to the baseball card industry. It uses smart glass technology. Uh, they have the 10 Holy Grail cards. And me and my son uh, took a trip to Cooperstown, about an hour and 15 minutes from here in Syracuse. We usually go uh, a couple times a year. This was the first time since the Shoebox Heroes exhibit opened and uh we, we took a day trip and uh if you if you follow me on any of our social medias you saw some pics uh from that day trip that we posted specifically of the shoebox heroes exhibit it was very good i i thought it was very well done it was a little smaller uh, than I envisioned in, in my mind without ever seeing it before, but it's not small. I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as small. It just I, I envisioned it without sight unseen, being larger in, in my own mind. Um, but they, like I said, that you know, if you listen to the interview, there's two thousand cards on display. They have a really cool thing, and I took a picture of it on our social media. Kind of fold out uh, slide trays where a lot of uh, their cards are housed in and, and kind of by year. There's a couple. One of the slide-out trays, again, I posted a picture of it, is all uh, Ty Cobb uh, cards, all the same card. Various, they're all graded in various conditions by, uh, it's called the PWCC uh, collection. Uh, interesting there with the timing of all that. We, you know, you, uh, most of you know, uh, what I'm referring to. So as I was looking through through those, there was a couple PSA eight cobs there, and you know I'll be lying if I said I didn't think about if those were a little bit smaller than the average cob uh, card un ungraded. But it is what it is. Still a great display. Still a great part of history. Uh, the cob cards, and we can't assume that every card uh, falls into that that. That controversy so uh very well done the holy grail uh section which is very well done as well 10 cards they're kind of in behind glass that's dark um and you hit the button and it lights up the display and it you know shows you the card and the reason they have that with the smart glass technology is so that they're not constantly exposed to light affecting uh you know the condition of the card and the color of the card. Uh, some of the uh, the cards in that ten card Holy Grail uh, uh, series was the the forty eight Leaf Jackie Robinson rookie, the Babe Ruth, uh, I believe it's Sporting News rookie. Uh, uh, forgive me if I, I'm, I'm wrong. Ted Williams uh, play ball rookie, I believe. I'm just going off, you know, with no show notes in front of me. Um, uh, the T206 Honest, Honus Wagner card is in that collection, and uh, the 52 uh, Tops Mickey Mantle, um, of course, and, and some others. I, I know I, I didn't name them all, but if you get out to the hall, it's definitely, uh, if you're into cards, and I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this program, it's really well done. They got, when you first walk into that section, they got a, a custom card area. We go in kind of like a photo booth, and you get your picture taken, and they email you uh, some some cards uh, yourself on some retro cards, like 72 tops and 59 tops. And it's well done. They don't charge you for that, so I, I thought that was uh, kind of neat. 
Um, you know, and you, you're going to see some cards that you wouldn't think you might see. Like there's a 91 Sport Flicks Kevin Bass card, you know. Probably the only time you're going to see Kevin Bass in the Hall of Fame is going to be on that Sport Flicks card. So it's very well done. They represent all the eras uh, of cards. And, uh, you know, like I said, not as big as I envisioned it. But even w with the size, it's not small either, and it's it's put together well, very done, well done, and I think most people uh, will enjoy it. It'll be interesting to see how that exhibit changes or over the years, and and maybe you know how they they change it up so it's kind of new every couple of years, and and you know, well done, and 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 it's like I said, talking to John on the show, uh, you know. Uh, it, it cards and baseball kind of go hand in hand a lot of baseball fans collected cards because of the sport and a lot of people became baseball fans because of the cards and it's nice to see the hall really embrace that i mean they've had cards around the hall and in, in sort of different areas sporadically but to have a dedicated wing now i really think that that speaks volumes of where the card hobby uh, is to the sport and it's nice to see the hall of fame really uh getting on board with that and i so i think if you know whether you're a huge card collector or hobbyist and even if you're not um i think you'll really enjoy the exhibit when i was there it wasn't crazy busy um believe it or not there was five or six people in the room or the wing with us and i you know i heard a couple comments oh i used to have that card and and that sort of thing and and you know maybe the exhibit might get a few people back in the hobby and obviously um that's not a bad thing Over 25 years, Newman Sports Cars has set the standard in customer service in the hobby, including same-day shipping. They've added trading card supplies and wax products to their already impressive arsenal of rookie cards, game-used cards, autographed and graded cars. Check their fully searchable website out by googling Newman Sports Cards or go to bit.ly slash Newman Sports Cards. Give them a follow on their social medias on Instagram. Newman underscore sports cards and on Twitter at new M sports cards or give them a call or text at 315-491-0239 Newman sports cards for all your hobby needs. All right, real excited to have my next guest on. I watch his his YouTube show. You may have you may watch it too. It's Pat Geek. Uh, he, you know he brings me back uh, as if you listen to the show, you know I'm 46, so he opens a lot of packs uh, from my childhood era, and it takes me back, and then makes me realize uh, how old I really am too. Um, so that's the bad part, but uh, uh, I'm real excited that he agreed to come on as a, a fan of what he does. And uh, so, without you know, without any further ado, let's let's bring him on. We uh, Jeff Hofer, uh, thanks for for coming on. Hey, John, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And and like I said in, in the intro, 
you know, you, you, you know, one of the things you're known for, I mean, the show's called Pat Geek, it's on uh, YouTube, uh, it's, it's very popular, and, and, uh, you know, you're talking to a fan uh, right here uh, as well, and, and, you know, seeing those 70s and 80s packs and, and, you know, some, you know, every once in a while I do open some of that stuff myself, not as, not as much as you do. Um, and just what, you know, I, so I live a little bit vicariously, uh, through what you're doing and it, it just brings you back to, you know, a time and, and probably I, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I think I might be, uh, a time in our collecting lives when, you know, it'll never really be the same, but for, you know, for a moment in time, you kind of can go, you can go back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you gave me one of my favorite compliments, uh, about, uh, just kind of being able to plug into that nostalgia because that, that was really like the, the reasoning behind doing the show in the first place was just being able to share pack breaks and let people kind of feel like they're experiencing or opening these older packs that I'm opening and uh, hopefully taking a trip down memory lane if they're if they're around our age and uh, getting to, to relive those fond childhood memories. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited you've gotten some enjoyment out of the show. No, no doubt. And, and yeah. sometimes I get a little jealous. I'm like, 84 Donruss, you know, I'm, I'm 84 and 85 Donruss. Uh, and I'm, I, you know, I like all cards. Don't get me wrong. It's not where I'm just a Donruss freak, but those two years for me were like, those are two of my favorite sets. I know you're an 85 Tops guy. You know, I know you're an 85 yeah. Tops guy. 84 Donruss and 85 Donruss was like my wheelhouse back, back then. You know, I just, I loved the design of that, the 84 with that kind of three line wave. And then those black cards of 85 with the kind of the striped color, you know. Um, I I don't know if you've had good luck opening up 84 Donruss, but I think I've had three episodes opening up 84 Donruss, maybe 10 packs each episode, and I have had zero luck. Like, I think I pulled a Joe Carter rookie yeah. in maybe two of those episodes, but, you know, everybody's going for Donnie Baseball yeah. when it comes to 84 Donruss. I've never pulled one out of a pack, and I, I'm getting shut out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On that set for some reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a special set from the 80s. I think that was one of the biggest ones, right? That was, you know, there really wasn't what we would call high-end today back then, but that was sort of like, uh, I don't, I don't want to say high-end, but that was like, there seemed to be less of that product uh, around. Then. That was always the legend. Do you think that's? Do you 
you think that was just just hearsay, or did you think that product was actually it's, more limited than flare and pop? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'll answer it like this. I think it was being open so prevalent, prevalently that there was just less around. I don't know. You know, people really didn't put a ton of stuff away. Yeah, well, they did. I, I just think there's probably some people bought boxes of 84 Donruss and kind of just stored them thinking, you know, this is like, you know, what we all thought back then. This is going to be a gold mine 20 years from now. And 84 Donruss actually kind of sorted the exception to the rule. Not what I think people initially thought, but it does have uh, some value even here in, in, in 2019. So I just wonder how, you know, it might be a little bit more unopened in, in today's world than some other products from, from around that time. Um, as far as during that time, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed when I went to, to, to buy it, it seemed to be less 84 Donruss than other years I remember going to buy. Even 85 Donruss, which I love, there just seemed to be a lot more of that uh, prevalent and, and readily available to, to rip and buy. And 84 Donruss, it was almost like when you saw it, like you, you, you spent money you didn't have. You know, you found, you scrounged up because you weren't sure when you'd see it again. I do remember, because I started buying cars in 85, but I remember the 84 Donners always had a premium on the, the, the packs were always a little bit more expensive yeah. than the Ops and the Fleer. Well, they, and it, that, sorry, go ahead. Yep, no, I was just going to say they had that, that clean white backs on them as, as well, with, with, you know, with that kind of green header where the, where the player's name and, and bio kind of was. It was just, it just had kind of a cleaner look. Uh, you know, rather than, you know, the tops is famous for that, that great kind of, you know, cardboard back um, that we mm-hmm. were caught. That 84 Donruss had kind of a different feel to it. It almost, you know, it wasn't high end as far as what we would call high end in, in today's uh, industry, but back then it sort of had a premium feel. And it just seemed like we're, we're talking about, just seemed like there was less available. So it, I think that kind of bumped it up a notch uh, as well. I totally agree. And let me ask you this. In 84, when you were opening those, or even 85, were you hunting for the Mattingly or the Daryl Strawberry? You know, I'm going to cover both bases because I'm here, I'm here in New York. So uh, and I, at that time, I was in New York City, so the answer is is both. I mean, that covered. That's another. That might be another reason too, Jeff. Being in New York City, uh, uh, that product specifically, and Strawberry Rookie and Manly Rookie in, in the same uh, set. You know, um, I think people were just you know going crazy looking for them. And to answer your question wow. about the Mattingly, you know, you you had bad. I opened a lot of 84 Donruss. I pulled probably a couple Mattingly's, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It just, for the amount I opened, uh, I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't disappointed that I didn't get more. So, yeah, it seemed to be. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't think it's a short print, but I didn't have much better luck than, than, than probably you had. Well, I haven't given up yet. Yeah. So, eventually <laughs> you're going to see one pulled on my show, but I may have to open an entire box to, to actually find one. And do you know, like, I wonder if there's a sequencing that people know in 84 Donruss, because I know a lot of FLIR products have a sequencing that people are familiar with, but 
I wonder if that is the deal with 84 Donners and that's how people have been able to... Yeah, uh, I, well, I know there's been sequencing, sequencing in other products. So I, I, I imagine, you know, when these, you know, card companies do these, they have those sheets and the line. There's some method to their madness. So, you know, maybe someone figured some, some scenario out. It's been done before. It wouldn't have been the first time. So, but you're right. You know, sure. you know uh, I didn't have great Maddenly luck. Apparently you didn't either. So someone's either <laughs> got like a closet full of Maddenly's that uh, they're not telling anyone about apparently. Somebody's wallpaper to wall in their home with Don Mattingly rookie. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Another thing I'm remembering, even thinking now, kind of going back to that time, is, you know, we remember kind of the 89 Griffey as that kind of the first, you know, where this whole face was the card. You know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. cards before that were kind of in actions or shot from more of a distance kind of a scenario. But if you remember that 84 Donruss, that had a lot, and, and of course the Manly itself had a lot of cards where they had those facial close-ups. That wasn't really done a lot during that time period yet. Yeah, more of a portrait. Yeah, you're right. I, I hadn't thought about that, but um, boy, that that '89 Epitech Griffey was a game changer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've seen. I've had him on the show, Stu Stone. He's a director and actor. I don't know if you've seen um, Jack of All Trades. I did, man. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, great movie. And, you know, if you saw the movie and you said you did, you know, uh, that sort of uh, was uh, uh, kind of a topic during that movie that movie and you know you know and he told me he was on the show and he you know he told me off the air it's not as you know and you saw it on the show that upper deck didn't really want to speak to him and then he kind of went to the toronto expo and and approached uh carlin and and chris carlin and and you know sort of forced an interview i mean carlin didn't have to do it but he did and you know it's it's been long rumored that you know they they produce sheets of them but i'll say this much too jeff and this is kind of how i feel about it you know while i don't agree with it and it's you probably shouldn't do it and it it does affect the integrity of a product the demand still was so great for that card like you said that it kind of outweighed the negatives you know that you know even though if they did print that much as as rumored there was plenty of people on on the consumer end you know uh, that wanted oh, yeah. that card, obviously. Yeah, that card transcended the hobby, as far as I'm concerned. I, I had, I remember at the time, I had friends that collected and friends that didn't collect, but we all wanted the Griffey Jr. Upper Deck rookie. Yeah. And so, you know, it's got to be, got to be a special card to attract the non-collectors to to, to spend their uh, their allowance, as it were, on something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and and you'll agree, you know, my wife's not into cards. Like, she knows what I do and all that. But she, she doesn't really have a, a personal interest in, in anything. I mean, she, you know, she respects that I do it and, and the show and yada, yada, yada. But if, if, you, if she sees that card, she even knows what that card is. So that tells <laughs> you lot, all right? you need, you know what I mean? That tells you that, like you said, that card, like, transcends past the hobby it's just kind of iconic it's like an andy warhol painting you know that the soup the campbell soup can it's like you don't have to be an art expert to like know hey that i think i know that's an andy warhol 
you know. So, um, I think you nailed it. Yeah, and and that's really where that card. But you know, you think back now, you know, as 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 much you know accolades as that that Griffey rookie got, that eighty four Donruss was really kind of in that in that same category. You know, big facial close up. Uh, seemed to be a product that they're a little bit less in in, re- in relatively to to other years releases. Uh, like I said, it it had a different kind of card stock. It was a little brighter on the front and back. And that Madeline, you know, obviously I was in New York, so that that Madeline and, and like you said, Strawberry hype was even ratcheted up a level. Let's say, but you know, it, it didn't matter really where you lived. You wanted that that Madeline card, even that Strawberry card and whatnot so i i think sometimes we i don't think that manly 84 donruss rookie uh gets enough credit sometimes well let me ask you this and and play along if you will if we had to choose the top three most important baseball cards of the 80s and you and i sound like we would agree that the 89 upper deck griffey and the 84 uh, yeah, Mattingly cards would be within that three. What would be the third? Wow, that's gr- yeah, that's a great question. Give me, let me, let me just. <laughs> well, the first one that 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 came to off the top of my head. You're talking about just out of packs, not like update sets. Like you'd have to rip I, it and. I think, pl- we, I think we have to put some parameters. Yeah. on it. let's say it's got to come out of a pack. Man, I gotta say, even even that Ripken '82. I know it's the you know with the the two other rookies, but that I remember. You know, I'm a little older than you, so I don't know if you you got to open that. But you know, he was pretty kind of even lauded. We didn't know he was going to be Cal Ripken Jr. But that one, I think, is I don't know if it is the third one, but it's definitely a a candidate. I agree. Um, let me let me think real. You know. You're saying just eighties, right? We're 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 co- yeah, yeah, just just within that decade. And you know, I have a card in mind. All right, so I, 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 I'm I'm a huge fan of this this guy. Now he didn't he didn't really pan out. He had some injuries, but at the time, all right, I think you might guess where I'm going. I still it's in my garage. I I went out there the other day and found it. I showed my son too. My son's nineteen. I have like a giant binder. And it's just rookies of, of this guy. And I don't know if you can pick one card or just say he was kind of the hype like we've never seen before as far as a I, player. I know exactly what you're talking about without, without even standing in. Go, go ahead and guess. I'll tell you if you're right. Well, and you're talking to Mr. 1985 Tops myself. So yeah. I'm going to guess it's Dwight Gooden. Well, well, good. Yeah, I was I was going with Jeffries just before that cutoff. Greg Jeffries. Oh, great. Okay. Now, I'm not talking value. Now, if we're talking about Hall, you know, he, he didn't, you know, he had a, a solid career, um, but, but Gooden, Gooden was, you know, and again, I was still in New York City in 1985, so right after 84 with, with uh, you know, Straw and, and Mattingly, it, it didn't die, it didn't get an off year. You know, you got Gooden last year. So, yeah, I would definitely uh, put that one, you know, even Puckett from the same set. Um, was yeah. a popular one, you know. But I remember the I was a, maybe I'm a little biased because I was a Greg Jeffries guy because I, I was a Mets fan and he was just he was going to be the next, the greatest, better than Mickey Mantle, the greatest young player batting almost 400 in the minor leagues every year. He's going to like change the game, and his cards were just driving 
products. You know, I mean, when you think oh, of yeah. when you think of the years that his rookie cards were in, you know, the '88 stuff, you know, Donruss, Fleer. We all know very vastly overproduced, yet people couldn't rip open enough to pull Jeffries, myself included. So I'm not picking on anyone. So in terms of iconic cards, I, I would I would say 88 Jeffries, but you know obviously that's sort of faded. Um, you know Gooden and, and obviously Puckett's a Hall of Famer. Gooden was on that pace, and we all know what happened there. But, you know, he's still kind of, uh, he's, he's changed his life. And so he's still uh, collected by uh, quite a few people. And, and, you know, for the years he pitched, he he was very dominant, as as you know. So, uh, you know, the card still has some, uh, still holds its place, if, if you will. It would have been a better place had, you know, he stayed on the right path and, and maybe, got into the hall uh, like he was headed to, but, um, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, that 85 set, you know, that's why I say that 84, 85, those two years really were were huge. Oh, massive. Massive for the hobby. You know, I think uh, for some reason, and I'm obviously partial to this set, but a lot of people have fond memories of 85 tops, which makes me think that, Sports cards started hitting kind of a stride right around that year. Maybe it was yep. '84, and it just kind of carried over yep. in '85. But it seems like a, a lot of people out there, if you ask them, they started collecting in '85 with that set. Yep. So I think that we're talking about kind of a yeah a I, spot I, in the hobby where a lot of people started dipping their dipping their feet in the water. Yep, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jeff. I think that brought a lot of new blood, if you will, in. A lot of new kids. I think even a lot of new adults, you know. We, you know, we forget, you know, adults are just big kids. And, and I think a lot of people, those two years, a lot of adults who collected probably cards in the 50s and 60s kind of got back in this, maybe through the help of their own children that were opening packs, you know, and... and you know, if you you know, I I think, you know, it's funny because we we talked a little bit about this too uh, off off air. You know, I I don't want to speak for you, but I got into cards because I was a fan of baseball. I was a fan of baseball first, and then I got into to cards. And I think you know, and I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I think a lot of of today's younger collectors. I don't. I don't know if I could say the same thing. I think a lot of them are in it for. I just want this really expensive card. I want to pull this out of a pack and and you know. And I know I talked to you. I, I want to get your opinion. You know, obviously on the show is you know when I even to this day when I open product and and when you do it on your show. You know, we go we go through that and we we look at each card and we, you know something comes to mind whether we say it out loud or nothing, uh, or not, and, you know, we kind of savor, you know, it's not wine, but we kind of savor what we're doing, you know, it's not a real, we're not being timed, it's not like, I got to open these 10 packs in two minutes, or, you know, I don't get to keep them, we kind of just go through them at a pace we enjoy, you know, we probably reminisce as we open them, and you see kids today, and they just, they're just ripping these packs open, looking for that that hit. It's not in there, and they just get like just tossed aside 
like like gar you know like like nothing and it always I'm I've I've seen it enough I'm I'm I've been in the hobby now forty years I I you know it's it's not new to me but it always I always kind of cringe a little bit like man you know they they don't appreciate the other parts of the hobby even though they didn't get maybe you know that Luka Doncic auto if it's basketball or you know Pat Mahomes you know, auto rookie in football, whatever your hot card is at the time, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. There's other stuff that they just kind of just toss away without a a second thought. And I see and I'm like, man, that's, you know, I feel bad. You know, uh, maybe it's a little selfish in me, but I'm like, you know, I'm glad I I grew up, I guess, in an an era where cards where we we didn't have to do that. We, We really... You know, we kind of enjoyed the the product, the players, uh, the cards, and the teams uh, on a kind of different level than I think it, it's at today's day and age. You know, I'm a little bit of the old man on the porch maybe with that rant or soapbox, but, you know, I just wanted to get your, you know, your take uh, on that. So I, I think we feel the same about this, and I definitely think, there's more diversity in like collectors focus these days than there were back in the 80s when people were buying packs hoping to hit their hometown team and maybe a couple other hot rookies but they weren't they weren't buying packs hoping to hit like a thousand dollar card or something (laughs) that they could even buy a car with you know but you know it, it's it's weird because when I first started collecting, a big thing was if you had enough packs, you would you would open them, and uh, the hope was that you could build a set. Like that was kind of a real um, satisfying thing if, if you were able to build a set, yeah. had enough packs, or been stacking cards away. And I feel like there's still some of that going on today, but it's it's kind of it's um, a lost art. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it's the minority now in in sports cards I feel like more people now are just opening and disregarding the base cards which I, I personally love base cards I still enjoy that but yeah. we're really looking for those big case hits hoping yeah. they get that out of their pack or their box or, or their case even but it's I, I do think that is uh, that's something that's coming up with the younger collectors They're, they you know they've started collecting at a time when there were these massive cards in the product they're opening and that wasn't the case when I when I started collecting so I don't know if it's maybe a generational thing but it might be it might be a sports card industry thing where these cards are available so it's kind of changing the way people look at opening packs because I can't say that if I knew there was a $10,000 card in 1985 tops back when I was opening 85 tops in 1985 that I wouldn't have you know, had a different mindset about yeah. what I was looking for, but so you know, I, I don't know. It, it could go. It could go either way, but yeah. Um, I- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I agree with you, and and I'll stick up for for the younger collectors that we're we're kind of speaking of. You know, I think also it's sort of you're you're a product of your environment. It's a different time, like you said. I think you you touched right on it. Is if if those cards were valued in '85 than what they kind of are like now, we might have had a similar approach, you know. So you kind of got to give them maybe a, a slight pass, you know. But I do appreciate, you know, when you see a, a, a younger collector open a pack and, and, 
even talk, hey, that's my favorite player, or he's on my favorite oh, yeah, team. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, that's kind of going by the wayside, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I see that every now and then. Somebody will, uh, I, I'm so at my office, uh, one of my coworkers brought her son in, and he's a big collector, and he's you know watched a few episodes of my show, and mm-hmm. um, so when when he's around, we talk sports cards. And he uh, he was coming in one day, so I brought some packs to open um, with him, and I was so proud of him because he he was a Chicago Cubs fan, and all he was looking for were Cubs cards. Yeah, he could care less whether there was a a refractor or a prism or an auto in there or a jersey card like he just wanted Cubs cards and I thought that was great like that reminded me of myself when I started collecting and and I thought that was fantastic and to me like the most important thing is that we maintain that young collector base because you know the biggest concern I have is that the packs will eventually get so expensive because there's so many high end products out now yep. that you're going to price out a whole generation yep. of collectors, and essentially the hobby would eventually die. You're you're and you're preaching. Maintain that base, you know. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. You know, I've had. I don't know. Do you have you heard of Brody the Kid, or do you know of him? I I think I've seen him on social media, but I yeah. I'm I'm not too familiar with with uh, his yeah show or whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's 11 years old. He hails from Chicago. And he's, he, look him up when you get a chance. He's, he's really uh, a great ambassador and he's kind of break, kind of the opposite of what we're talking. He really promotes the hobby. He was tops, tops of the class kid for, for grades. It was a promotion done by tops where they, they recognize, you know, uh, doing well in school and, and give out free cards. And he was their spokesman and he still does some stuff with them. And, you know, he does a, he does a video blog and he does, uh, he does a he he does a written blog and he's just he's you know he's eleven years old but if you talk to him he's he's a little bit you feel like he's a little wiser and a little bit older than that and and he loves the hobby and he's just a great ambassador he's kind of what like you said you worry about you know where you know I hate to be morbid but let's be re- you know we're not gonna be here forever uh, unfortunately right. and That's it's gonna. You know, and so that next group coming up has got to kind of take the baton. I've said this, you know, people probably said, man, he's he's using that line again on the show. But I've said it, you know, that next, that group of younger uh, people have got to take that baton and, and keep the hobby going. And you said something I've said on the show. It's my big fear is that we're pricing some of the youth out and they're going to leave. You know, you got to remember, you know, we grew up, Jeff, in a... Uh, you know, I don't want to be woe as me, but we didn't have the the technology, obviously, that the kids today's uh, age have. You know, there was no cell phones and social media. There was, you know, I, I joke about it on the show. I knew where all my friends were by where all the bikes were and whose lawns when you when you rode <laughs> past. You I know, there was no texting, hey, where you at? You know what I mean? It was like, I'm looking for five bikes on someone's lawn and I, I know they're my buddies, you know, and... And now we've we've lost you know you know as much as I love my cell phone, uh, truth be told you know confessional. I'm glad I also didn't grow up in in an era where it was there already that you know I got to kind of experience the, growing up without 
that that modern technology that we're so accustomed today and you know i think kids it, it's just a different it's it's a different era and, and it, there's good things too obviously it's made the world a smaller place people can can trade and deal you know across countries across borders so you know i don't want to just make a negative spin out of it but you know the, the kids today don't i think sort of don't appreciate uh, the things in in the same way. There's a different sort of value system on it um, than than when we were uh, that age. It, it is. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's odd. I uh, So I have two nephews who are now, um, one's, uh, one just graduated high school and one is in college. And when they were little, I was always trying to get them into sports cards. Mm-hmm. They like, uh, they like, um, Magic the Gathering and, and, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Or yeah. I'm mispronouncing that, but That's you get it, like non-sports cards. Yeah. And, uh, and so I would always buy them a box of cards, whether they liked it or not, uh, each year for Christmas, just so they could open them, you know, because I, I would always end up with a box of cards, and I, I would get them something, just yeah. hoping they would catch on to this. And the first question, anytime I pulled something good out of the pack, was always, how much is that worth? How yeah. much is that worth? Like, they wouldn't even care who was on the card. It was like, what is the value yep. of that that piece of cardboard? And, you know, it was pretty apparent that, that the younger generation just had a little bit different outlook on, on yeah. uh, sports it- cards and whatever you get out of packs like that. Yep, and, and you hit it on the head. And, and, and again, I, I'll stick up for them. I think it's, you know, the old saying, you're a product of your environment. I think that's the environment today, and they're, they're, they're the product of, of it. You know, if we maybe were that age today rather than when we the era we were born in, you know, we might not be that much different, you know, so, yeah, that's true. That's you true. know, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not really trying to criticize them. I, I just guess I'm coming out of an aspect that it's sometimes sad to see it like that, where you kind of think about what it meant to you and, and, and those, it's just times have changed, you know. I think you're spot on, and I don't, I don't think you're criticizing it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an unfortunate fact, and we just got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, have them appreciate uh, the hobby versus looking at it like it's all an investment. Yeah, yep, exactly. And, you know, you, you, you set a line I've used on my show is that, you know, you worry about these companies pricing this next generation out. And, and you know, what's the answer to that? I know there's, there's products that kind of, uh, you know, big league and, and, and those type of things, opening day um, that Tops has put out. And, um, you know, I'd like to see those card companies, you know, Jeff, do a little bit more. Maybe those products that are, are lower priced like that, but put some stuff real, put some decent stuff in them so that that young kid can pull out, you know, something really 
sharp and like, wow, I got this. More than, uh, not, there is inserts and there's autos. I don't want to say there isn't, but maybe a little, at a little higher rate so that a, a kid can, can kind of get that, that, that adrenaline, you know, and I just got, yeah. you know, you know, Harrison Bader auto, you know, and I'd like to see more uh, of that, even on the lower end scale, have kind of a, a higher end feel. You know, I know there's costs involved and in, in all that, but I, I think it can be done better, I guess is, is you know, what I w- would say. Uh, I, I'm glad they do something rather than, than nothing. But I think those products kind of hit a sort of wall, and I'd like to see, you know, that wall maybe get knocked down a little bit and, and those products go a little bit further than than they do. I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it, it's fun to pull something shiny out of one of those yeah. bags. You don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to go against what I've already said about wanting to um, promote, like, the kind of set-building collecting that, that we grew up with. But it is nice to at least pull something that's a parallel or something that feels special. Yeah, something, you know, it's 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 the same adrenaline rush when we open those 84 Donruss, 85 Tops back, looking for that Gooden, Puckett, Maddenly, Strawberry. Oh, yeah. You know, it, sometimes we'd even, you know, you, you've done, you know, you go slow, you move the card slightly, you're looking at just the next card, what do you see, an armor, you know, with the Maddenly being that the 84 Donruss is that big face right there. So you're looking yep. for that mullet hair. You know, yeah. as you moved the one card on from on top, you kind of slid it over. You were looking for for mullet, you know, that that semi mullet. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, John, that that is one of my least favorite things about having a show where I open a lot of packs because I know the attention span of the people watching. So I try to keep a really good pace. But if if it's just me and a stack of packs at home, no camera running better believe I'm taking my time yep. and if someone were to actually watch me open at the pace that I <laughs> like to open just on my own you would all be bored to tears because I'm halfway through a stack in one pack researching cards you know I haven't even gone all the way through the pack I've opened yep. I'll you know look things up and uh, figure out what it is if it's you know an SP or whatever it might be but um when I'm on camera, I try to be conscious of the attention span and keep things moving, but that's not the ideal thing yep. of a pack well, open for me. It's it's funny it's funny you say that because that's I do the same thing, and that's probably why I don't open anything on ca- on camera whatsoever. People would grow a beard uh, watching me do it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, 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 we're we're cut from the same cloth as they say, and and I, I think, think it's so. it's from the era we grew up in. We we just we have a different sort of a appreciation, uh, you know, for those cards. So to piggyback off that, Jeff, like I, I, you know, I watch you open a lot of that stuff on on Pack Geek. How much? Like, what's the ratio? Do you open? A ton more, like where you you're not on camera. Well, you know what's kind of the ratio of, of off camera, uh, what you uh, open to to on camera. That's a great question. I so the deal is, if I'm opening something that is pretty cool and and or expensive, I'm probably going to save it for the show. If if I'm just needing a fix at being a card addict that I am. 
and I'm opening, you know, just a, maybe a retail blaster or something. I'll just open that on my own off camera and maybe post some pictures on social media. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if on social media, follow me at Pack yep. on Instagram and Twitter because I post all of the cards that I pull from those off camera breaks on my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, just so I am sharing them, but uh, at my own pace. So to answer your question, I open a lot more on camera than I do off camera. Yeah. No, I always it was something I knew I was going to ask you because I I always I always wondered about that. Like how you That's know. A good question. Well, thank you. Every once in a while, I pull one out just from nowhere. <laughs> I think you're doing great. John. You're selling yourself short. So. You know, we're talking about new people kind of getting in the, in the hobby. You know, I'm a Gary V fan. I don't always agree with... I think you can be a fan of someone and not necessarily agree with, with everything they, they say or, or put out For there. Sure. Um, so I wanted to get your take on, on, on the Gary V, you know, uh, comments. He, you know, one of the comments that... You know, he he talked about was what it's going to be a, a huge influx because the sneaker heads, their product is getting harder to get. And I, when I heard I that, that, I just didn't, I didn't, I don't see the correlation to me there. I thought he, you know, while I agree with a, a good percentage of what he says, this one, like, I completely take the complete opposite take on that. I think that was a kind of a reach. On his part, I think he was speaking a little bit, kind of of himself in, in there, which which is understandable. I think we're we all are, are guilty of that at, at different points or another. But I don't, you know, I don't see the the correlation between those two two industries. I'm not saying it doesn't happen at all, but I just don't think it's happen. It's going to happen to the level he was insinuating at. And, 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 and just while, just, I'll, I'll let you, you know, chime in and just, you know, you know, he was saying he's going to do big, you know, a lot of different things. And, you know, obviously he's in the top series two product. I don't know if that's what he was alluding to. Um, I've said on this program in the past when, when tops was to be rumored for sale, I would love to see Gary buy that, that, that company and do, you know, I actually don't like the insert set that that Tops did in series two, I, but I at saying that I would I was hoping that they would let him get some create you know creative input whether it be on the design or whatnot not necessarily putting himself on cards that's kind of the easy way out or the easy way to get on cards, um, but I was hoping he would kind of have some behind the scenes impact. Uh, on the company and um i just want you know i'll I'll, I'll acquiesce to you to you here uh jeff what what are your thoughts with with things he's said pertaining to to the card hobby um well let me just put this out there i am a giant gary v fan and i'm sorry to the gary v haters out there because he he is so polarizing It, it is literally like either you're a big fan of Gary V's or you cannot stand the guy. And yeah. there seems to be very little in between. Yeah. Um, and I, let me just get my shot out of the way. I'm really disappointed that Topps had a sticker auto for his insert because that bummed me out. That was a card that I wanted. I was hoping to find the Jeter. Yeah. Uh, dual auto with he and Jeter. And it, I, the minute I saw there was a sticker auto, I was out. And, you know, 
Uh, no disrespect to Gary V. He's still the man, but I do not want to pay that much for a sticker auto. Yeah, uh, and and, so and that I, and here's the thing. He's I know he's busy. Don't get me wrong. He's one of probably the busiest people, but he's kind of traveling around. That's something he can almost do, you know, while he's on a plane or, you know, in a car. He could sign 50, 60 of those, you know, in, in 10, 15 minutes. And uh, like you said, I, I, I think those could have been on card. I don't you know. Even as busy he's, as he is, there's there's definitely trip time where he could – could rattle some of those off and, and get them back to tops and you I know. mean his office is in New York <laughs> I see no excuse for them not to be able to ship you know a box of his cards over there for him to sign but but I digress so to, to answer your question um, I I am a huge fan of Gary Vee's in fact he was instrumental in me rebooting the show I I am a I, I was one of the original pack breaker, and I don't even consider myself a pack breaker, but that's just so people understand like what I do on the show. I think pack breakers are typically people that sell in group breaks. I'm just a collector that likes to open packs on campus. Yep. So that's yep. differentiated there. I But I started doing it like 2010 before there were a lot of people doing it. And uh, I took a break, and, and I was consuming a lot of Gary V content along the way. And he really got me interested in, in redoing the show mm-hmm. and, and kind of rebooting things and doing it the right way. And, and so I, I do thank Gary Vee for that. And, I mean, mountains of inspiration along the way. That guy can fire somebody up like no other. Yeah. No, I agree. He's, he's very influential. You just spoke to, you know, you gave him a, a lot of credit for, you know, getting you to, to, to you know, take a different approach and, and keep the show uh, going, which uh, obviously I, I told you I love and I, I watch. I love I love the, the the sound effects and the graphics. I, I sometimes I'm watching it in my office on my laptop and, you know, my wife might be in the next room and she probably thinks I'm insane because I'll, I'll laugh, you know, out loud. <laughs> she probably wonders, like, what is he laughing at, you know? And uh, it's just well done. It's, it's, it's well put together. I'm not just saying that. I'm just speaking uh, honestly. I appreciate that, John. Thank you. You know, and... Uh, you know, it just, I get a kick out of it. Some of the innuendos too are a little subtle. And I, you know, it just, it's just, like I said, uh, uh, very, you know, there's things I find funny, yet I won't laugh out loud. You just laugh internally, if you will. And there's things I've seen on your show that I just laugh out loud. I don't care what my wife thinks in the next room or not. And if she asks me, I'll, I'll gladly tell her. So, <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I appreciate that. It's, uh, we have a lot of fun doing the show. It, uh, it is a labor of love, and, you know, if, if, if I'm able to uh, open sports cards and entertain people watching, uh, that, that is a home run in my book. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you said it being a labor of love. I, I think if, 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 if anyone has seen it or you haven't seen it, go watch it, number one. But if, if for those who have seen it, like myself, that comes across. It's very apparent in, in what you do. And you can see that you, you really, you know, sometimes you see people do different things, social media stuff, and you, you don't get that, that vibe from them. You almost think they're like, they're punching in and then they're punching out, you know. All right, that's it. And w- with your show, 
it, you know, it doesn't take very long to know, like, this guy really, he's got a passion for his enjoy. And I think that's one of the things, besides all the other things I said, why it's great. Uh, definitely people, I think, uh, appreciate that. You know, if you, if you have an enthusiasm for something, that stuff, to me, is contagious. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that, that's genuine, you know, I've, and I've said it a million times, but if I can't have fun opening packs of sports cards on camera <laughs> with a couple of my buddies, like, I, I, I'm i just, yeah, you know, what am I doing? put a fork in me, because, yeah, exactly, like, I, I've lost it, so uh, it's definitely genuine enjoyment when you see me getting excited about pulling great cards or just opening up a pack that I'm, I'm excited about. Like that is, that is 100% me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's apparent. And uh, one last question, if, if I, if I can, you know, speaking of, of, yeah, yeah, speaking of, of, you know, uh, opening wax on, on camera and that's, what is your, uh, you know, uh, on breakers had do it where, you know, you buy into breaks. I've said on the show, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, without the breaking industry, I think this hobby might be in a little more trouble than, than we'd like to admit. I think it's a good percentage of where this all this product is getting sold and, and, and opened. Uh, so I, I think, think that right. I think that's the good aspect. But with like a lot of things, the yin and the yang, I think there's some negativity uh, to it. I did, a, I did another show on this topic, but I wanted to kind of get... Uh, you know, your first time on the program, I wanted to pick your brain as far as, as someone who does open, obviously, wax uh, on, on on camera, and truthfully, sort of, I think, the right way, sort of the, the, the blueprint, if you will, what your thoughts are on, on, on that uh, niche of the hobby. So, my, my opinion on group breakers? Yep. Got it. Okay. I, well, I think they they have helped the hobby a lot um, in that they they obviously sell a lot of product yeah and they they have brought um, they brought a lot of new people into the hobby that I feel like were into sports gambling because yep. breaking is truly gambling I mean buying buying sports buying a fifty cent pack of sports cards is kind of poor man's gambling anyways yeah certainly if you're dropping a grand on <laughs> You know, a break of national treasures. Uh, it, it is there is a certain level of risk and, uh, and and gambling in that. But you know, whatever. It's some some people should do it. Some people shouldn't because they have you know a, a problem with that sort of yeah. thing. But I, in my my humble opinion, I I don't see any issues with breakers. I think um, there is there is. There's a lot of room in this hobby. And yeah. I think they have their their niche and they do it really well. And they they certainly bring a lot of income to the, the sports card manufacturers. Yeah. And they, you know, if you're somebody that just collects a certain team, well, that's yeah. a great yeah. great way to go is to have these guys break and buy a certain team, and then you know you're getting the cards you wanted anyway. So uh, there's a lot of positives there. I know. Um, Certainly, I've read about it on forums and stuff, but uh, people have gotten themselves into trouble doing breaks too much because it can get really expensive and it's yep. slightly addictive. And if you have an addictive personality, yep. I can see that being a slippery slope. But um, I would just say when it comes to that stuff, uh, moderation is key. Yep. 
and don't buy more. I think if you have to go into debt to get involved in a break, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So that should be funny money that you're using on stuff like that and not your house payment. Yeah, I, I, I side with you. I, I think, you know, when it comes to group breakers, I think the, the pros outweigh the cons. Uh, you touch on some of those pros. It allows uh, team collectors to get a, a good influx of, of those cards that they collect uh, without, you know, may, maybe spending as much as they normally would. I think, like you said, you know, know your limits and, and don't get in. Uh, over your head i think the negative aspect is you know obviously the the the, the bad breakers the ones that have, have been caught doing some some shady stuff or underhanded stuff you know that it's, yeah, is, there, is there a lot of that because I, I don't i don't yeah i don't think there's a lot jeff but i think when it happens it becomes like just you know spreads like wildfires everyone's retweeting it and and so it looks like it's it's more prevalent than i think it actually is you know just yeah that's a shame you know and and it's i feel bad for the guys doing it the right way because it's 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 kind of lumps everyone sort of in the same group when it 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 isn't you know and i've i've said this on the show you know just whether you're a lawyer a doctor an accountant most most of those professions you know, or 90, 95% all above board, outstanding citizens. But even in those professions, you're going to hear an accountant bilk a client out of money, a surgeon uh, cut off the the wrong leg, you know, a, a lawyer doing something uh, against their oath, you know, or, or against uh, what they, they're supposed to do. I, there's good and bad in, in, in every profession. So, you know, um, I think what happens with the, the breaking is kind of what I said is when when someone gets caught doing something uh, underhanded, it just it, everyone kind of lumps them all in the same in the same category when when it's really not the case, you know, and it, it you know, it's tough because, it, you know, you you know, the ones that do it the right way, they've got a pretty good following, a pretty good. Uh, reputation that it speaks for itself but when when those negative things happen it, it it's that middle tier that haven't built that clientele up they're on they're on their way but they're not there yet i think it hurts that group uh the most and and makes it a little more that that hill a little bit of a a tougher climb and 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 that i guess that's who i would i would feel bad for and um but again i think you know i've said it on the show that i think group breaking has i it might be a little dramatic to say it like this, but sort of save the hobby because it's just, you know, the product just, you, you see it, you know, just as well. The, the amount of product getting opened now is, is in, in, insane. And I it don't. It is wild how many cases those yep. through. Yeah. I know there was one, you know, when Bowman came out earlier this year, you know, one breaker opened 90 cases or so he claims. Uh, 90 cases, you know, um, alone, wow. alone. I mean, and then you add oh. everyone else. So, you know, that's what makes me worry too, is just sort of the oversaturation as well. That that would fall on the negative side. And we, we talked about, you know, how kids just open the packs real quick, look for that, that one big hit and then toss the cards aside. I think some of that, I don't know if you agree, some of that I think kind of comes from the, the group breaking aspect because, 
you know, they a lot of those guys, and I, I, I'm not knocking them for it. I get it. You know, the quicker they get through the product, they can get to the next product. It's like, you know, a, a, almost like a, a taxi fare. The quicker you get that person to the destination, you get another one in your car and take them to that and get that fare. So I think the kids have, you know, or I don't want to say the kids, but I think some of the hobbyists of today have kind of, you know, taken their cues from the group breaking aspect and just see these guys just ripping through it at, at kind of a, a, an electric pace, looking for that kind of that, that one big carter that the hit, you know. And well, John, I think I think we've hit on <laughs> the, the takeaway for this episode is to, unless you're on camera, <laughs> take your time opening the pack and enjoy enjoy the experience. It's not just about the yep. most expensive card you pull. You know, there might be a card in there that. It can be your favorite card of all time, and it's not necessarily the the one of one, you know, super factor. It, yeah, it could be Joe Schmo from your local team. Yep. Uh, nope. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's, yeah. It's uh, it, it's uh, it, it should be a different experience than it is for a lot of people. Yeah, and I come from, you know, whether I'm open a seventy-five dollar box of cards, Jeff, or or three hundred dollar box of cards. You know, obviously you want to get something good. I mean, to, to say otherwise is, is not being truthful. You do. and But I also take my time opening it because if you don't hit something big, you still want to get as much enjoyment uh, through the process uh, for your for your money uh, irregardless. You know what I mean? I think it hurts a little bit more. Yeah, I think it hurts a little bit more if you spend $300, let's say, in a box. You rip through it and find with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Minutes and don't get a lot of great stuff out of it. I think you appreciate it more. That same box of cards with the same result, but instead of taking 10 minutes, it, it took you 30, 40, 45 minutes. You know, while the result, the end result might be the same, you kind of feel like you got 45 minutes of, of enjoyment. Uh, out of it, you know, or or, you or a you rush, you know. So again, I want I want to thank you, Jeff. I, I I love Pack Geek. If anyone hasn't seen it out there, uh, you're missing uh, some great stuff. And 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 you know, going back a little bit in time, and you open new stuff too. I don't want to make it like it's all vintage. I I, I might appreciate. I'm an old fogey, so I might appreciate the vintage more. <laughs> Than, than some others, but, uh, you know, what you do is excellent. Like we talked about, your passion comes definitely shining through on the show, and I think that stuff's uh, contagious, you know. Um, if, if someone's just mundane, that's not, they're not going to last. And you've done that, what, uh, eight years, eight, nine years, haven't you? Yeah, well, I, uh, so I did, I think it was 13 episodes back in 2010, and then I took about a seven-year break. So, uh, but now we just, uh, we're releasing episode number 75, I believe, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 
it's uh, we've been going strong, kind of the reboot of the show over the last two years, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I've had a chance to meet a lot of people like yourself, who you know I could I could talk cards with forever. Oh yeah, I'm, no I'm doubt. very grateful for that. Yeah, that and that's you know that's that community and and. Uh, the hobby that's that's the good thing and and it's like i told you off the air and i've said it on there to everyone else is is one of the goals of the show is definitely uh to highlight that but even with taking the break you know to do that in 2010 and i i seen those uh i went back and and watched those uh a younger uh jeff <laughs> clean shaven by the way production um, value with the blurry cards. you know what it's still even even then though and i'm not just saying this i'm not just you know even then you could tell you you enjoyed it you know again we're dealing you know there was less tech i know it's only eight nine years ago but there's way more technology even in that short a span than in 2010 and um, oh man it's come a long way yeah and you know whether you, you took a break or not to do it you know eight nine years ago very few people had had you know has has done that, and and you were one of the uh, first ones, and and now you're still you know here we are in 2019, and you're doing it and and doing it well. I sound like LL Cool J right there, but uh, you know it's true, and I think it's great. It only is going to help, you know. It only something like that's only positive uh, for the hobby, and and so you know. Uh, hats off to you and and so if you want to give out you know once again thanks for the for coming on and in the time and like you said we i can make we can make this a four or five hour show we might get in trouble uh with our spouses and and i don't know if you know we might enjoy it more than so <laughs> but um again i appreciate you coming on if you want to give out where people can can see your stuff and 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 any handles now's your chance so I, I appreciate it, John, and, and at some point, you and I will have a 10-hour conversation on 1984 and 1985 <laughs> cards alone. Yeah, we uh, could do it. I, I hate to say it, but I think we could do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> so my, uh, my handle on everything is just Pat Geek, just like it sounds, P-A-C-K-G-E-E-K, and uh, I'm on YouTube. Please check out the show on YouTube and subscribe if you like it. And then I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm very active on Twitter. So if you're a social media person, uh, connect with me there and we can chat. And, uh, yeah, it would be great to hear from people. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know I've said this, like, with every guest I've had on Jeff Mann, your stuff that's why i have them on so if anyone thinks i'm just saying it because they're i wouldn't if i have a guest on it's because i like their stuff so what i say is 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 really how i feel and if you haven't if you haven't seen pat geek i don't know what you're doing uh but don't uh don't dawdle and and check that stuff out it's something for everybody you know i know i mentioned like i said a lot of the the vintage and and the older stuff but you you cover all the bases so they regardless of your collecting interest uh it's a great program i appreciate it john your class act and thank you for having me on i i hope i hope uh you know i'm gonna book you ahead of time i hope uh we can do it again definitely i would love that all right, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm holding you to that promise. You got it, man. I'm in. It's time for from the box seat. Uh, 
on to the sports world, and let's start with the NBA. Adam Silver making a bid to win worst sports commissioner. Him and Roger Goodell could arm wrestle for that title at this point. Uh, he's, Adam Silver uh, announced or, or mentioned that the owners in the NBA of the NBA teams are not referred to as owners. They are referred to as governors. Governors of what state and which elections did they win? Uh, it, it makes no sense to me. I mean, you know, in this politically correct world, I'm all about sensitivity. But we've called owners and entrepreneurs uh, since the beginning of, of time. It, you know, I, I know what it's in reference to, uh, you know, uh, of slavery days. But I mean, I, I don't I don't think we're confusing the owner of the Washington Wizards with a slave owner. I don't think we're confusing the owner of a McDonald's franchise with the slave days. I, I, I it's just we're just micromanaging stuff to a nauseating point and. You know, the governors of the NBA need to really think about who's calling the shots, you know, uh, uh, for their organization. This has really uh, garnered some attention and really not in a good way. This this isn't one of those things where everyone's embraced it and, and Adam Silver, what a what a great decision and move and, and stance. It's it's odd. It's honestly it's odd. It's gaining attention and, and not good attention, obviously. And it's just it's you know, it's I, I'm all about doing the right thing, but calling an NBA owner a governor rather than an owner, I mean, what are we doing? What I mean just goofy, goofy stuff. And almost as goofy as Adam Silver looks. I mean he's a straight he's an odd man watching that NBA draft. I got you know, big, tall, kind of goofy. He looks like the guy, I don't know if you remember, the the Darien Lake commercials with the old guy in the suit, you know, uh, with the bald head. But uh, I digress. I'm getting off, I'm getting off track. Uh, let's stick to basketball. Uh, Kevin Durant uh, op- took his option out. He declined his option. So he's a free agent. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, he's probably going to miss significant time. So what team is going to fork over the the dough knowing that? You know, rumors are Brooklyn and the Knicks are two of the front runners. But, you know, there's always going to be someone else who, who enters uh, that race, you know, I believe. So we'll see how that plays out. The Lakers have basically giving the Washington Wizards three guys, no one of significance, to clear cap space, to add a third big player uh, to the Lakers, along with LeBron and and Anthony Davis, uh, to make their super team complete. Um, I don't know who else they'll have with them. I'm I'm thinking I might be able to make make the team to fill the roster spot, because I don't know who's left on that team between trading their whole team to the uh, Pelicans and then just giving three guys to the Wizards. Uh, I think uh, they got some roster space 
available for some serious role players who don't want to make a lot of money. So uh, if that fits your criteria, you got a shot to make the Lakers. Uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, rumored to be tied to uh, the Houston Rockets in a sign-and-trade deal, but it looks like he will be wearing a new jersey uh, come next year. Let's on. Let's go to baseball. And you know, uh, I'm a Mets guy. I'm really close to getting the bag out, cutting some eye holes out of it, a mouth hole, and putting it and wearing that thing around rather than my Mets hat because it's it's really an embarrassing time to be a Mets fan. You got discord in the locker room. You got a manager in Mickey Callaway who can't uh, does is a terrible manager when he's allowed to manager. And now it's come out that the front office between Brody Van Wagenen, the new GM who was an agent, has no experience, and the Wilpons are telling Mickey what lineups to 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 uh, use and when pitchers should come out. They're 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 sending messages down. So. You know, Mickey Callaway, make no mistake, he's a terrible manager. They made a terrible choice. But, he's, you know, even when he's not managing, it's coming from up above, and those guys are even worse managers. So this team's a mess. You got a manager using expletives and telling a reporter, you know, to, to you know get the you-know-what out of the locker room. Jason Vargas is is threatening to fight them and it's sad because you got two guys having tremendous seasons rookies uh Jeff McNeil and we all know what Pete Alonso's doing second in the in the both leagues in home runs behind Yellick and they're losing ball games in epic fashion the bullpen is the worst bullpen in baseball and they made a trade where they traded a guy I really liked in Jared Kelenic uh for a washed-up former Royd user second baseman. And the, the figure, the centerpiece of that trade, truthfully, was the the closer of, of 59 saves the previous year, Edwin Diaz. And he looks like a shell of his former self, blowing five saves with a, oh, almost five ERA. And Jared Kelnick, if you follow uh, follow him as as I do and, and prospect as I do, is tearing up the minor leagues. He was already uh, brought up a level and, and, and moving up a level, he tore that level up too. I believe Jared Kelnick's going to be a bona fide major league hitter. And we gave that up, Jay Bruce, Justin Dunn, for a bag of rocks at second base and now a closer who can't get the job done. And it's sad, and, you know, I think it was Brody Van Wagenen's uh, inexperience as a new GM, uh, and I thought they made a bad hire with him. I, you know, my son's a Met fan, too, and we had an argument over the hiring of Brody Van Wagenen. So I, would, I was, you know, w- when they hired Callaway, I didn't know a lot about him. I gave him a fair chance, but he's one of the worst baseball managers in the game and and they need to blow this thing up the Wilpons need to sell this team uh, I, I'll say it it's really become apparent until the Wilpons relinquish ownership uh, or governorship of of the Mets um, I don't think they ever will compete again in, until that day occurs and, and I really do 
hope it occurs because it's, it, it gets tougher each and every year to be a Mets fan. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, I, I never advocate for not going to the ballpark and supporting the players and the team, but it might be the only way to send a message uh, to the people and those higher-ups uh, in, in Mets land that uh, we're not going to take it anymore. So maybe it's time to stop going to City Field. Been another injury with a foul ball, and the outcries for uh, expanded netting have increased. Um, I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I don't like blocking access or vision or sight lines uh, f- between fans and players, but, you know, it's become more apparent the bigger, stronger, and faster these players are. These balls, exit velocity off these bats is is phenomenal. And, you know, some of these injuries can be catastrophic. And, you know, a lady was killed last year uh, in Los Angeles uh, due to a foul ball. We had a young girl in, in Houston severely injured. And, and now another one uh, as, as well. And, you know, I, I hate to block that access, but, you know, uh, fan safety is of paramount too so i think you're going to see either be mandatory or most of the teams go that route and it's hard to argue against it i'd I'd almost like to see maybe temp you know netting that can be pulled up once the game starts but I, i you know i always like it you know i know a lot of kids are getting autographs maybe for monetarily purposes but i still like to see those kids down there near the dugout trying to get their favorite players, you know, autograph on a ball or a card. And I think the netting is just going to limit that access. And, you know, I, I, I hate to say it like this, but I think some of the players are for the netting more for that reason than the safety aspect. I think it gives them uh, a way out of not having the sign and, and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of torn on it. I understand why. Uh, the talk has ratcheted up, and, and some teams are actually are, are doing it in advance of it being mandatory. But uh, I hope it really doesn't put a further gap between players uh, and the fans. That's that's actually my big fear about the netting, if that makes any sense uh, to anyone. Let's talk about the fan voting in, in the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I, I, I think it's a joke, to, to, to be blunt. You know, you got guys that have barely played 20, 30 games uh, getting the highest vote tallies because of their name. You know, Aaron Judge comes to mind. Mookie Betts is not having a very good year, but he's getting in uh, based on popularity. So I don't know if we want to call it the All-Star Game or the Popularity Game. I'm for changing the name to the Popularity Game. I think, you know, I'm all about, you know, you just heard me talking about I don't want the fans to kind of be sequestered off uh, away from players, but I think it's become a popularity contest and not on on people who deserve to be in it. You know, Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil may not, you know, I know I've, I've mentioned them already, and there's other worthy players that are not going to make an appearance in the All-Star game that should because someone like Aaron Judge who's not played very much, is very popular, and all the Yankee fans vote for him. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right. I don't think it should happen. So I don't know what the solution is. Maybe 
the fan vote counts for 20%, and then you let the owners, GMs, or, or other people in, in, in knowledgeable positions of the game vote, uh, get some of the other votes, and that way we can get the right guys in this All-Star game. It's sad to think someone might bat 350 double-digit home runs. It might be the best year they'll ever have in the league, and their one chance to be a worthy all-star, and they don't get in. And that isn't right. So, uh, you know, that's my feelings on it. You know, I, I vote, and I vote with who I think should be the representatives, not just because they're on my favorite team. I don't think enough other people honestly do that. And if not enough people are doing that, it may be time to look at other alternative ways to vote to make sure that guys that should get to do that. And, you know, it's still a thrill for a lot of guys to to make the All-Star game. Maybe some uh, don't care either way, but I'm sure some of these younger guys that haven't been there at all or very much, uh, it's a, still a big thrill uh, to them. So, uh, again, I, 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 that needs to be fixed. I, I think, it, you know, it's becoming an issue now where it's it, people are talking about it. Uh, myself and and even sports, national sports uh, shows on you know Fox, ESPN, social media, and we it needs to be addressed. I don't know if it's a a quick fix thing or or one solution, but there's got to be a better way to not make it a popularity contest vote. And if you're going to keep the voting like that, just call it the popular star game, not the all star game, because to me. If you're worthy of being an all-star, you should play. And, and I think some guys are going to get the big old snub. Speaking of the all-star game, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has announced that he will be in the Home Run Derby. Home Run Derby is always fun to watch. Uh, and I think with uh, Vladdy Jr., I think that bumps it up a notch just to see what uh, a young a young guy uh, can do against some of these uh, veteran players. So... Uh, at least that part will be fun. The All-Star Game's still fun. I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I just think the guys that should make it should make it, and it, it shouldn't be because someone else like an Aaron Judge and, and Mookie Betts are just getting in on name power alone when they're not having All-Star years. I mean, if that's the criteria, then Aaron Judge and, and Mookie Betts and other you know other similar guys in name power are going to get in for, you know, 15, 16 more years uh, just because of who they are. And, and again, I don't think that's fair. Well, folks, that's a wrap on 32. Uh, I want to just take a moment. I, 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 I want to say this because it's important. And I hope you can tell. I hope it comes through in my segments and in our interviews. I really enjoy doing this show, Sports Card Nation Podcast. Started in November 17th. Here we are, the end of June. Again, I don't want to harp on it, but where the show has come has been tremendous. And it's all because of a, a lot of people other than myself. It's, number one, it starts with the listeners. We're not here without you. If you don't listen to the show, we don't exist. We don't continue. So, uh, heartfelt thanks go out to everybody who's listened to the show, whether it's one time 
or all 32, it means uh, the mo- uh, tremendous amount to us. Like I said, we don't exist without that. Uh, I want to thank all the great guests who've come on the program. I want to go ahead and thank all the future guests that will be appearing uh, on this program. That that really the guest is a good portion of the show. Many of the interviews are anywhere from 25 to 50 minutes long. And people, you know, our guests have been so generous of their time. And that that that's saying a lot and it goes a long way. And I think people like those interviews and, and, and like the perspective that they come from. So to any of our interview guests, uh, past or future, thank you for doing it. Thank you for joining the show and, and, and being part of something here as we continue to go forward. And thank you to the sponsors, the the old ones, the current ones, and maybe even future ones. Again, all total, whether it's listeners, guests, sponsors, myself, all working together to to bring the Sports Card Nation podcast uh, in seven months to to where it is. I enjoy this. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to keep doing it. Uh, what's become a passion of mine. Uh, I'm going to continue to strive to make the show better and, and better as we get better. It gets a little trickier because you know there's less room for improvement, if you will. But there's always room for improvement, and we're going to strive uh, for that, no doubt. And so, uh, a heartfelt thanks uh, from me to to everyone involved, no matter how small, whether you were a guest one time, uh, you know, whether you sponsored us for a month, for a couple weeks. Um, you know, all, all, all of us in total, uh, make the sum of, of what this show is. And, and I want to thank you for that. So, uh, that's all I wanted to say in in closing. Uh, it it means the world to me and a lot to me. And I want to acknowledge, uh, all those people, you know, who you are. I may not have, have mentioned anyone by name. I do plan on doing something at the end of the year with everyone that that's appeared on the show and, I'll leave it at that. I want it to kind of, you know, be a little bit of a surprise. But uh, that being said, again, uh, thanks to all that, that made this show possible uh, as we continue to uh, to move forward. And we'll see you next week, uh, episode 33. And as always, uh, I want to close and let Billy Joel have the last word before the outro. Um, don't take any shit from anybody. And I mean it. You've been listening to the Sports Card Nation podcast. Join host John Newman next week as he gives you another jam-packed episode of all things related to the sports card hobby. And a little extra fun, too. Don't forget to check out the show on Instagram at Sports Card Nation Podcast.